How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagne here, welcoming you to another very special edition of Joe vs. the World. It's our second Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame show, and again, this is a topic too big for just one guest. So I've assembled another magnificent panel. And not just any panel, both of these men will both be making their third appearance on the show. It's WrestlingObserver.com's Justin Shapiro and the CubsFan.com's The Cubs Fan. Gentlemen, how you doing? I will jump I'll say, <laughs> Joe, I'm, I'm outstanding, personally. Okay. It's an honor for me to, uh, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. So <laughs> thank you for, for holding this show. Or oh, for something now? <laughs> okay, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, it's nice to be on again. Mm-hmm. This um, is your second time in three weeks, I think. Yeah, you know, we we need to expand the guest list after this. <laughs> we, we may. We may. I, I like having the same five guests over and over again, but... It's intimate. Mm-hmm. It's skin-timate, in fact. Wow. Actually, I have been studying uh, the, the old Cubs fan episodes to learn his weaknesses. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that would be pretty much everything. Aw. Well, you, not a lot of people know this, but... He has a soft spot for a certain baseball team, and uh, huh? I'm going to exploit that. Okay. Wow. No one bring up the Kansas City Royals on this show, or uh, I, I will end this immediately. That's fair. Okay. Well, anyone have any opening thoughts on the uh, Observer Hall of Fame? I sense the Cubs fan wants to rant and rave on this topic, so I'll turn the floor over to him. Well, you know, I think... This is the Observer Hall of Fame is something that's relatively new compared to major sports hall of fames, mm-hmm. and I think they could have done better by not just adopting the format from Hall of Fames from years ago, but rethinking it and maybe modernizing the concept. I don't know exactly what it should be, but it just doesn't seem useful as it is. This person's in the Hall of Fame. This person's not doesn't exactly tell us much about why there's a Hall of Fame or not. I guess what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but it just doesn't seem like as good as it should be. I hmm. don't disagree with a lot of that, actually. I mean, I definitely don't want to, to come on here and uh, just um, pan the whole concept because it's, you know, far and away the best uh, uh such a thing compared to that uh, Luthes Hall of Fame or the WWE Hall of Fame. But uh, I think if you could start it all over again, which you obviously can't, there are a lot of things he would have uh, done differently. Um, not the least of which is... Uh, well, he might disagree with that, and I hate and to speak for Dave because you, you guys know the esteem I have for him and uh, the, the pretend fathership that I've um, kind of imposed on him but um, inducting that entire lump sum of 70 guys and or whatever it was in 1996 kind of um, eliminated a lot of the fun that would have gone in for his voters actually only letting in 10 or so guys per year. So he took all of the layups off the board right away, and it just uh, from the inception became about uh, letting in the more questionable <clears throat> excuse me, the more questionable guys, uh, save for the, the obvious candidates who came on, like Steve Austin, uh, who weren't eligible when it first started. Well, he did have a lot of catching up to do in the fact that this was created some 
hundred years after pro wrestling started. I don't know whether when the baseball Hall of Fame started. I don't really know how it worked. I imagine they came much sooner in the um, progression of their respective sports, but it's what it's what we have, and it's always fun to debate, even mm-hmm. though it's it's not a real place, and uh, you shouldn't get too worked up about it. But yeah, the discussion is uh, the best part. Although um, I should, I it's not really my place to say, but it, it, what do you think of the well, inducting uh, mixed martial artists, isn't that kind of like if you started a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1960 or something like that? It just strikes me as weird. I have no uh, expertise uh, in the least on the subject, but it still seems a little weird. Well, they have a separate ballot, don't they? Yes, as of so. last year, I think. Yeah, yeah. but it's so, it's so soon, it's tough to get perspective about who's going to ultimately mean something 25 years down the road. Mm-hmm. When we're this close to the origin, or at least the mainstream origin of the sport, it's still shaking itself out. It's probably going to look vastly different in 15 years than it does now, and that may change our perceptions about who was good and who was not good. Mm-hmm. All right, well, again. Oh, that's, this is some quality MMA talk on uh, on this show, <laughs> which I did not expect, but we'll talk about Sakuraba uh, later on. But I have the list of candidates here on the ballot. For this year, we'll start with uh, the big name first, Eddie Guerrero. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say Eddie belongs in the Hall of Fame, and he'll get in this year. I, I don't like playing the – everyone plays the, well, if this guy's in, this guy should be in. I don't like playing that card because that leads to a lot of rationalization. You end up with Gilberg in the Hall of Fame if you keep that up. But I think if Chris Benoit's in, then, then Eddie belongs in. He was a big star in Mexico, Japan, ECW, WCW, WWE. He was even – he had a brief run on top. You can argue he was the best worker in the world for a few years, and he was so great he went from like not being able to be hired because of his size to actually being WWE champion. And um, he was on the ballot last year, didn't get in. I think that's because people were still waiting to see where his career would go. And sadly, uh, that obviously isn't an issue anymore. And I think he will get some sympathy votes, but that shouldn't detract from his overall quality. And I say he gets in, he'll get in pretty comfortably. Yeah. How about Justin? What do you say to that? Okay. Um, well, firstly, let's not discount Gilberg because he was a television star at the hottest time uh, in the business history in this country. He um, when then they brought him back uh, four years later, uh, so that shows longevity. And he had people chanting his name, so that shows he was really he was champion of it. He was champion of his weight division for a long time, too. He dominated. Excellent point. And um, yeah. he, so you add that on top of however many years before that where he carved his niche as a good bumping enhancement guy, and I can't see how you could keep him out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But that's a debate for another Joe and another world. Uh, but I don't have a lot to add to, to what you already said about Eddie, which I guess is why I wasted your time with the, the Gilberg campaign pitch, but he should be a shoe-in, and uh, it's really going to bother me that if he does get in, some people will say it was a sympathy vote, because he is a Hall of Famer, he should have been in last year, um, like you made the Benoit comparison, and at the time Benoit got in, it was almost exclusively because he was a great worker, mm-hmm. and I don't think Eddie was quite as great as Chris Benoit, but uh for most of the 90s, he was an elite worker up until the car crash, and then he was elite again in 2002 and three before his body broke down. So 
I, if Owen Hart got in, he would be a sympathy vote, but uh, Eddie Guerrero um, was a legitimate drawing card in uh, WWE, and he was a difference maker at the time when nobody else made a difference, so he's absolutely, uh, certifiably, 100% sent, sent a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I basically agree. I mean, if you take away the Adriel name and just put, and just imagine there's some generic wrestler with the same resume who, who you don't know where he is right now. He's a guy who was put on top in two different countries, two different, in two different companies, two different countries, put him on the top during, and he helped the business, which usually seems to be enough to get a guy in. And then you have the work and everything else. But I mean, Top guys who draw money seem to get in the Hall of Fame, and I, I think he should too. All right, well, that's three for Eddie, and looks good for him. Up next, we have Chris Jericho, who was on last year's ballot and has barely stayed on with 10% of the vote. Justin, what say you? Why was he actually on? I had no idea he was on last year's ballot. Mm-hmm. I guess he was. But, um, yeah, Chris is, I'll preface it by saying he's one of my two or three favorite wrestlers ever. But uh, unfortunately for he and for me and for many others, uh, he's, I think, ended up sort of as the um, modern-day equivalent of Dick Murdoch. And whether Dick Murdoch gets in remains to be seen. That's an entire uh, other debate that I'm not qualified to comment on, really. But lots of people hold up Dick Murdoch as the threshold or the the bar setter for um, getting inducted. And uh, as a point of comparison for all the guys from this generation, I think uh, Jericho is um, the bar you'd have to pass because he was uh, a really good worker um, and a major star for six years, but uh, for whatever reason, they decided he wasn't ever going to be the guy, so all he could do was um, excel in the support role they gave him. So um, if if he had more opportunities to build his resume as a, uh, a headliner, then um, th- he'd have a better chance. But uh, he was handcuffed, so uh, sadly I cannot uh, endorse him. Again, I pretty much agree with Justin's basic points. I, I think it's a situation where the wrestling Hall of Fame is going to be completely going to be different than like um, mainstream sports Hall of Fames because. Jericho was never given the chance to have a Hall of Fame career. We did have a chance to have uh upper main event Hall of Fame career, but that doesn't uh, but that doesn't give you that doesn't give you enough to get in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. It's not it's not I mean, if he set the world on fire and forced them to put him on a top card despite, you know, whatever their opinions of him, we he might be in the Hall of Fame, but it was, he had a very small opportunity and he didn't quite wasn't quite able to get it. Yeah, I agree. Um, good worker, not uh, not the level of Benoit Eddie. Very good talker. A lot of uh, great matches. Never really had that. Never was all he could be, and you can't really make it in the Hall of Fame if that's the case. So, no go for Chris Jericho. Uh, Booker T up next. I think making his first appearance on the ballot. Uh, Cubs fan, what do you guys say? I, um, I would hope that you know all those tag team championships he had Hall of Fame WCW. I mean like a 13-time tag champ or whatever it was by the end. Um, I don't think they count for that much, Dad. No. I think he's going to be out. But, you know, if King Booker 
catches the fever of the public. Maybe in a year we rethink this, but right now he hasn't done enough to get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, he had a lot. Of, he's been, um, I guess, uh, I want to say mainstream, but in WCW or WWE, it's been almost 15 years. He's been uh, a steady guy. A couple of world titles that didn't really mean jack. Uh, very entertaining. I wouldn't put him anywhere near a Hall of Fame. I would uh, agree with both of you. I mean, he's a cool guy, but uh, I mean, not just the tag titles, but even the, all the, the world title reigns that you said really came at a time when they meant literally nothing. Uh, and in WWE, he was just a, a fun uh, upper mid-card guy until this year. Um, I think he was uh, genuinely really hot in in uh, 2002 with Gold Dust, but uh, then we all know uh, what the end result of his title program with with Hunter was. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, it remains to be seen. I guess King Booker could be the next some awesome guy, but uh, we'll have to reevaluate that. I wouldn't bet on it. I would bet on uh, him losing the belt pretty shortly. But it's still nice. Uh, on feather in his cap that he, that he got the rain anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, up next we have Arn Anderson, who is a perennial placer on these ballots. Usually get some support, not enough to get in. Uh, very solid guy, great interview, good worker, very workmanlike. Just never really seemed to have enough to put him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, again, a personal favorite, but didn't really excel enough for me to place him in there. Oh, Justin, uh, what say you on this? Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, he's he's cool, as you said. He's a good worker, really good interview, but um, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer except to Crockett Promotions diehards who are always going to vote for him, and so he'll always be on the ballot. Um, if the four horsemen were on the ballot collectively, which doesn't really make sense since the number one horseman is already in the Hall of Fame. Uh, mm. They'd have a better shot because um, four horsemen nostalgia even supersedes Arn Anderson nostalgia. But uh, even then, I think that's more of a really revered uh, nostalgic um, concept for hardcore fans than it was an industry-changing group or something along those lines. Now, would every four horsemen ever be in, inducted in? Because then we could get Mondo, oh, yeah. McMichael, and we could get Sting and Ole Anderson. Um, I don't know how he'd do that. He hasn't. Oh. Even, he's never put a group on. I guess, and if the NWO was on the ballot, then they would induct uh, <laughs> possibly NWO Gilberg or something <laughs> along those lines. Scott Flash Norton. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, Cubs fan, what say you on, on AA? You know, I, I think... I think it's probably part of my problem with the Hall of Fame is that in some Hall of Fame there should be Aaron Anderson, but he'll never be in this Hall of Fame because he was never a top guy. I wish there was some way to say, okay, these are the guys who are top draws and work good, and then these are the guys who are just good workers but really never got to the top. And that's where Aaron belongs. But since there's nothing like that here, he has no chance. I think I'd want to vote for him, but I don't think I could. No. If you like continue the very flawed, pointless analogy of comparing it to other Hall of Fames, like um, something like the baseball one, he would probably be uh, not, uh, or he'd probably be rejected for the same reasons he is uh, on this one. But then uh, something like the NFL Hall of Fame, where everybody seems to get in who is a significant star from each era, uh, I guess he'd be more along those lines. Hmm. 
All right, that's a no for Anderson. Here's an interesting one. Uh, Sabu, a lot of people passionate on both sides about this. Justin, why don't you take it away? Um, maybe I'm selling him short and not really recognizing the scope of his influence, but um, like he was unique for his time, for sure, and and groundbreaking, but I don't know how much he actually meant as a, a quote-unquote trend center or... Uh, you know, someone who revolutionizes the way wrestling goes, because I mean, the career of Sabu didn't really lead to um, a revolution in the business of all the top guys like Sabu, and that's why he still stands out today, because he's the only guy doing the Sabu act. So when I hear people endorse him because you know Sabu came around the early '90s, and then we had hardcore wrestling, and then we had ECW. And then we had um, Attitude, and then we had a big boom period. But I don't really think you can connect all those dots to Sabu. All yeah, right. I, I I agree, because you know, it's all based... The only way you can count Sabu in is if you believe that he was innovative. And the big boom around... If you want to say there was even a big boom around Sabu's style, it was around when ECW up. It wasn't his pre-ECW career or what he did there. So if you want to credit the innovation or influence, whatever there was of it, you have to credit ECW and not Sabu in particular. And so I don't think you can put him in. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mick Foley led to uh, hundreds of idiots imitating Mick Foley, but uh, that's not why Mick Foley's in the Hall of Fame. He's in the Hall of Fame because he was uh, like the second or, or the, uh, I mean, fourth or fifth biggest star from the, the boom period and uh, great worker, great promo, all that. It's not because he uh, innovative, uh, innovated backyard wrestling phenomenon or anything like that. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I give Sabu credit. I guess you could say he was influential. Whether that's a good influence or a bad one is, is up for debate. And also his longevity, which is kind of stunning. I mean, he comes on the scene in 94, does all this stuff, and it's Twelve years later, he may wrestle at SummerSlam. But, again, um, you know, you can make an interesting case. Some people are very passionate about this. I don't see it myself. Never really on top on a, on a large scale. I can't really think of too many fantastic Sabu matches. So, interesting name on the ballot, but uh, I would ultimately vote no. All right, uh, up next we got The Stinger making... Uh, Bit of a comeback this year with TNA. Cubs fan, what do you say about uh, the man called Sting? I'm not sure either way on Sting. It seems like he should be supposed to be in because of his position in WCW for a long period. But I just don't, because they never center things around him for long enough to really, for the, I mean, they turn around him in the NWO stage, but it wasn't really... He was a figure in the NWO stage. He wasn't the guy, and I'm not sure he was the top guy long enough for it to, for for that alone to put him in. And there's, his interviews were never that great. His, his matches with some people were good, but they weren't. You couldn't sit, count on him as having a great match every time out. So it's somewhere in the middle on him. I'm not. I don't have a definite opinion on Sting. Mm-hmm. I uh, basically agree with uh, everything he, he laid out there. I think because Sting was there in WCW for so long as um, 
you know, you um, identify Sting with WCW, but um, he, he's remembered more as the A number one guy for WCW than he actually was, just because he never left and because uh, for some time he started referring to himself as the franchise. But um, he, like Cub said, didn't headline actually all that often except for his um, early runs in the 90s when they thought he was going to take off and didn't. And then he was huge in 1997, but that was um, just, what, well, two matches, the first uh, the Starcade one and then Super Brawl also did a, a really big buy rate, but that's really um, all there is to his credit as a big draw. And um, wasn't a great worker, but could uh, be carried to great matches and um, interviews, just um, kind of his importance is overinflated to an extent. Do you think his run in TNA this year has helped, hurt, or made no difference on his chances? Probably... I think it... Oh, go ahead. Okay, I don't think it's been... I think because it's TNA, and TNA hasn't really done anything, and hasn't really improved because of Sting that much, it really can't be a big addition to what he's to his status. Yeah, I would say mostly negligible, maybe plus one if we you know, it it hasn't hurt him. Uh it maybe made people say, Yeah, Sting's a big star because TNA portrays him as this huge deal, but uh really it's if it's just TNA portraying you as that it it doesn't mean all that much. Yeah, if he had come in and TNA had suddenly business took off because of Sting, I think that would have helped him, and maybe it pushed him in. But things have pretty much stayed the same, and it's not like Sting's embarrassed himself out there. He's just a guy, you know. And I mean, I'm kind of say he kind of seems like an Undertaker Undertaker level guy to me. That that guy who's been there forever and always seems to be near the top and gets some title reigns. Although he's a very, I agree, he's a very borderline case. And if he got in, I don't think it would be a travesty, but. Uh, if he got kept out, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. And he actually didn't make my final ballot, so. All right. Uh, up next, we have Davy Boy Smith. Um, I'll go on this one, I guess. Uh, good performer. Never really drew outside of his home country. Had a legendary tag team with Dynamite Kid, who's already in, so the Bulldogs won't be getting in. Uh, don't really see a case for him, or at least a good one. Uh, Justin, what say you on the Bulldog. Um, is he the guy who won the website tournament to get on the ballot or something like that? Did he? I actually didn't. I figured the Iron Sheik would win that, but I actually didn't follow that. Well, I I don't know if he was or not, but um, yeah, I didn't. Never really actually considered him as much of a candidate. Um, he was a really good worker, and then a good worker, and then a not so good worker. Uh, I guess as is the case with anybody as they get older, but um, he he didn't stand out as far as that goes, except for the tag team, and like you said, uh, Dynamite reaps all the um, cachet from that, and um, you know he was a, a mid card, upper mid card guy, depending on uh, the time frame, but really only headlined maybe four or five times, so uh, I don't think he has the credentials. Yeah, I, I can't see this one at all, unless you're doing a British Hall of Fame, because he just didn't, he, he you know, kind of maybe the same level as Jericho, maybe a little lower, but he was a upper mid guy who was not really a 
popular top guy, and he wasn't didn't make it up in the ring. So I don't know how you put him in. All right. Uh, up next, Owen Hart. Always an interesting topic. Always gets some support. Not enough to get him in. Uh, Cubs fan, we'll start with you. What about the King of Hearts? Um, no. I, he, if he retired and, and he did not, if he that day retired and said died, I don't think he'd still be on the ballot because he was he was even a lower position really than um, Davy Boy Smith, and he wasn't a draw in Canada as much as Davy Boy Smith was in in England, and his best work came. I mean, his best run on top came in Stampede, so if, Stampede, if he stayed in Stampede and that kept going for 10 more years, maybe he builds a resume to be in the Hall of Fame. But his WWE work was really as a foil to other people. He really was an uh, important guy on his own. It was just important. He was a guy important people faced. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his only headline in, in WWE for, for like six months, um, in the middle of 1994, and then after he lost, he never even came close to uh, that again. Um, he's a good worker who, because of the nature of how WWF was at the time and didn't put a premium on having great matches, uh, didn't really dominate or whatever verb you would use to say going out and having great matches all the time. Um, and to get in for work like Benoit, you have to be elite, and he was really good and at times at that level, but uh, not uh, not an all-time great worker. And um, isn't it kind of creepy when people try to argue that uh, his by dying very publicly, he became a very um, big mainstream newsmaker? That always kind of uh, creeps me out, but uh, I, I don't think uh, rational people pay much credence to that. Yeah, that is a little morbid and really doesn't make any sense, but... Yeah, he's probably going to guy who's going to be on the ballot for a while and won't get enough to get in, and... Probably shouldn't. I mean, again, it's another personal favorite of mine, but I just wouldn't put him in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I, like, all these Owen Hart, Davy Boy Smith, um, Arn Anderson are all shoo-ins for uh, the WWE Hall of Fame, Oh, yeah. Other than uh, they can only induct one dead guy per year because it draws people's attention to that. But uh, they'll all be in that eventually because that's uh, what the WWE Hall of Fame is for, is for the the mid-card to upper mid-card guys who we really like and remember fondly. But uh, as far as the um, elevated stature of the Observer Hall of Fame, he's really not uh, on that level. Are you questioning the credentials of uh, Tony Atlas? Tony Atlas was very strong. Okay. <laughs> Get that man a cellophone. Tony Atlas, mainstream uh, star, uh, crossover appeal because he was on that MTV thing. Oh, uh, that was very sad. And um, African-American, so, you know, it's always, those guys are really cool. So, absolutely, I would vote for him for the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. All right. Um, did I bring up uh, Kurt Henning yet? Or I totally no. lost my train of thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mentioned this on last week's show. Uh, again, another guy I really love, great performer. Had a couple excellent years, his first WAF run through 91. Kind of a maybe the, the ultimate intercontinental champion. 
After that, um, his back injury when he came back, very sporadic. Could still have great matches. I remember he was on commentary for a long time. His WCW run, all of it kind of adds up. I think he's more worthy than some other names on, the li- on this list, like Owen and Davey Boy. But, um, and he may get in at some point, but I, I would not put him in. And no, I'm not. Go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> do you do? I dare you. I double dare you do. Good Lord. Um, Kurt Henning, he's the perfect candidate for the Hall of Fame. You see what I did? Do you get double meanings? Oh, um, he was Mr. Perfect. Right. <laughs> um, Shit. Actually, not, not actually the perfect candidate. Um he uh same song as uh Davy Boy and, and Owen, although he was um a great worker for uh longer than they were probably. But he really after the back injury wasn't the same and uh becoming a broken record on this point, but to get in for work you have to be a like one of the best guys of your generation and he wasn't he was great at first and then got hurt and no longer very good to the point in WCW when he was actually pretty bad. And um, no headlining credentials except for uh, when he was with Hogan, and that was uh, did not set the world on fire because he's a small man, uh, relatively, even though he was huge by the standards of the time. But, uh, um, and... People look fondly on him because he had the best gimmick and was very cool because he considered himself perfect, but uh, not uh, actually the tangible Hall of Fame credential. Yeah, you know, I'm only fairly familiar with his pre-WWF career, so maybe there's stuff in the AWA that would convince me otherwise. Mm. But from what I know, I can't imagine him going in the Hall of Fame by the current standards. I think you, he's not he wasn't considered the top wrestler. He wasn't considered the top worker unanimously, like Benoit was for periods of his career. And he wasn't a guy who was on top a lot. So there's not enough there to do it. All right. Uh, up next, we have the ravishing one, Rick Rude. Justin, I'll let you take this one. Um, not as good a worker as Mr. Perfect, but uh, a little bit more successful as a headliner. He had his uh, couple runs with the Warrior and then the, the WCW thing, uh, where he actually was one of the focal points, but it was WCW and they weren't making a lot of money. So, um, and then right when he was, he uh, had the back injury probably, which robbed him of years that actually might have been very productive, but um, not Hall of Fame. Do you think if he had gotten that that big WCW run, and, and who knows how it would have went, but do you think having that run on top would have pushed him in, or do you think it would have taken a big run to make up for I, I mean, he was a good worker and all, but do you think he really needed that big run to get in? Well, because it was because he was an 80s WWF heel, he probably for sure would have been uh, programmed against Hogan when he came in, and... All of Hogan's pay-per-views at first did were actually really successful uh, in terms of buy rates, so that would actually um, put uh, add to his resume, but uh, probably wouldn't have made the difference. But then if he kept working uh, through the um, Monday Night War period, then 
somehow ended up uh, as an important player there, then uh, there would start to be a case to be made. Yeah, you know, I, I really don't have much to add on this one. I think I wouldn't be horribly offended if he made it in, but I don't know if I'd be horribly offended if anyone made it in. But um, it would just be, I don't think he, he's a bad choice, but I don't think he's a good choice. I, I think you should vote no, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say very badly. <laughs> All right. Uh, boy, no one's getting in so far, but up next we have the Superfly, Jimmy Snuka, Cubs fan, no say you. No one's still getting in. It's just closing the doors, putting a couple locks on, chaining them while we're there. Um, I think again, if there's if this was a different call, Hall of Fame where you could have someone, he's like you know Roger Maris in the Baseball Hall of Fame where he Maris hit 61 home runs and that alone is going to get him. That alone gets some people wanting to be in because that was a record for so long. But he didn't have the long career that was Hall of Fame worthy. And I think the same thing is for Snuka, that he had some moments that people who were fans of that time will always remember, but his overall career doesn't put him in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's probably going to be an unpopular Joe versus the world just because we are rejecting all these people who, <laughs> uh, you know, people who were kids when they were big uh, are going to look back, so especially the arrogant heels who are so uh, fondly remembered today. But uh, So I guess Snooka doesn't apply to that, but uh, um, I would uh, agree with everything Cubs said. Um, he, the pre-expansion, or right around when expansion was happening, when Snooka was actually a major player, is... Um, outside my purview, as it were, uh, and right before I started watching. But from what I know, I do not think uh, he has anything approaching who you would consider to get in. Um, there are people who you can, if you um, manipulate the criteria enough, you can say he was a, a major WWF star for such and such, but uh, in reality, uh, really not doesn't amount to much. Yeah. Plus, he didn't the story go he killed a girl or something and got off because he acted like a savage? Is that a, a positive to his candidacy? I'm just wondering. I'm looking at the Hall of Fame list. I don't know who else has killed someone on here. I guess oh. Freddie Blassie. Uh-huh. Did he give Japanese people heart attacks? Freddie Blassie killed people, yes. Um, maybe three or so. He would have him trumped there. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I don't know who else killed someone. But... Who has killed somebody? I think it's an entirely different Hall of Fame, though. The, yeah, the notorious uh, scum of wrestling yeah. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I agree on the Superfly. Um, finally remembered. Uh, came back in the late 80s, early 90s. Didn't have much of a run. Hasn't Didn't do a lot the last part of his career. Again, I, I wouldn't be appalled if he got in, but I would not put him in myself. Mm-hmm. He, All right. Up next, we have the Sarge, Sergeant Slaughter. I think the Cubs fan wants to back off of this, but Justin and I will debate. What do you say on the uh, the good Sergeant there, Justin? Um, similar to Snuka, I really don't have a lot of um, comprehension about what he actually meant in the AWA uh, or how big a star he was in the pre-expansion WWF, but um, if it was all that amazing, it would probably... Um, be talked about a little bit more and uh, 
from the WWF comeback in 91. Uh, I don't think that is going to help him all that much. So, you know, uh, he's always on TV and has gotten to be since 98 or 99. So that kind of makes him seem like a bigger deal. And the, and the G.I. Joe thing makes him seem like a, a bigger deal than he actually was. But uh, WWF Hall of Fame, not the Observer Hall of Fame. Um, he's a borderline guy for me. He had a very memorable gimmick. I thought he was a very good worker, actually. He would take some pretty big bumps for a big guy. He did have that kind of crossover appeal with the, the G.I. Joe, and he's been a long-time uh, backstage guy. for. And he always shows up every year to wrestle a match and lose. But, um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't put him in myself. Others may. And uh, also one of the greatest skits of all time when he uh, trained Greg Gagne in uh, Camp Slaughter. If anyone's ever seen that, he made him do push-ups, and Greg Gagne was just like Rambo. And um... and one of the oh. most emotional skits of all time, when he and Hacksaw Jim Duggan recited the Pledge of Allegiance in front of a bunch of young children, and oh, uh, yeah. he wept and asked for his country back, and got it. Yeah. Oh, but I remember another time when um when they used to have primetime wrestling in front of the crowd, like that very small audience, like 91. And he came out to rant and rave, and there was a, a, a young man dressed like Hulk Hogan, which made the Sarge upset, so he made him uh, do push-ups, and he stuck his head in the toilet and flushed it. And uh, I still remember that some 16 years later. So Devotees will recall that I think you and I discussed that on the second ever Joe vs. the World. That's true, but uh, no one could hear that show, so I don't think it's uh, a big deal. I should also say, to be kind and generous, that I definitely agree with you uh, about him being underrated as a worker, uh, even after the, the famous uh, matches with uh, Sheik and Pat Patterson. <laughs> through uh, 91, he was still really good at taking bumps and actually carried uh, Warrior and Hogan to what um, not bad to good matches, so... Plus, he also wore uh, a pair of Dockers during his WrestleMania main event, I guess, to dress up. Um, he's a military man, and... Uh... <laughs> yeah. And the Cubs fan, what kind of sandwich has he uh, concocted in this time? I call ham. You know, I, I realize I have no good meat, so I'm going to have to go find some... I'll go find dinner in a little bit. Mm. Well, we'll also, talk about tag teams, so... Yeah. You can go uh, go to the deli then. I, I could pretend I have an opinion if you need me to. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> Who's next? All right, uh, Gorilla Monsoon is up next. I'm going to talk about this. I don't know about much of his career as a worker, but uh, a very important backstage presence for the WWF and also a really very good play-by-play man. I mean, he had great chemistry with Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura, Johnny Polo, even Lord Alfred Hayes, who was terrible, but um, this may be nostalgia talking. I would put him in. Uh, it's kind of hard for me to rectify the nostalgia talking and the reality because um, my memory remembers him so fondly, especially well, because he was the voice and the uh, very caring figure who um, shepherded us through our our uh, wrestling watching when we were young children and had the uh, great chemistry with Bobby Heenan. So the instinct is to, to think of him as a great announcer. And then when you look at the um, Observer Year-End Awards 
for uh, the 80s. He wins a whole bunch of consecutive worst announcers. So I don't know if uh, we just think of him um, as better than he was, if he was really bad and we couldn't tell, or if it was um, just the same kind of uh, um, cynical 80s uh, viewpoint among hardcores who didn't like um, WWF at that time and reject him because of that. But uh, so... I really uh, couldn't say one way or another. I would like to say that those uh, voters also voted uh, Gene LaBelle building a wrestler as a, a, a tasteless angle, and that's obviously bullshit, as <laughs> is Gorilla Monsoon being a bad announcer. So forget that. He's in. He's on my ballot. Yeah. I, I think he might not get in yet, but as people who were um, that who were just starting wrestling when he was doing announcing and Ventura was doing announcing, get older and start being more of the, of the voter base, I think they will eventually all, they'll eventually find their way and it may just take a little bit, take a while. Alright, looks like our last singles wrestler for a while, Kerry Von Erich. Uh, Cubs fan, what do you say? Um, yeah, let me make something up. I think he was, you know, it's, it, it's tough to put a guy in who was more a regional draw than a, a national or world draw. And I think that's the problem with Kerry Von Erich is that his biggest success came in Texas. And how much credence do you give to a guy who draws in one place but not as much everywhere else? I I, I think no, but I would listen to a case if someone said yes and explained why. Yeah, my whole uh, Kerry Von Erich understanding, like uh, a few of the guys like Jimmy Snuka and uh, pre-90s Slaughter, is is kind of skewed, and I don't feel right uh, commenting on them when what you know about someone uh, is all based on what Dave has written in The Observer about their career. But um, um, he was, from what I can tell... A really big star would have been huge uh, if not for, you know, uh, all the obvious. But uh, as far as his actual career, more of a... His greatness was more of a creation of his dad and um, his heel opponents. So, no. Nope, I'd keep him out, too. Um, He should be in the Cautionary Tale Hall of Fame because he just seemingly had tons of potential. Who knows, maybe if he had, had lived up to it but apparently couldn't handle all the fame. Um, His run as the Texas Tornado in a three-week NWA title reign do not the Hall of Fame make. So, Kerry Von Erichen. I think it's Fritz Von Erichen? I believe so. Yeah, he is. He'll likely be the only one. So, all right, we have a couple tag teams to talk about. Uh, Cubs fan, you want to head to the deli? That's okay. Justin and I will talk about this. We have the Steiner Brothers on the ballot. Hmm. Let's see you about uh, Rick and Scott. Well, um, as far as the Hall of Fame goes, tag teams are are overrated and underrated at the same time. Because mm-hmm. you'd have to say they're underrepresented if there's only, I think, four teams in the Hall, and two of those are in for being the first tag teams ever or something like that. Yeah. So uh, in that case, it feels like more should be in. But uh, the reality is that they're not in because tag teams are rarely ever on top, and it's only the standout cases uh, 
like the Road Warriors and the Freebirds, who were difference makers, who get in. And um, most of the other tag teams were mid-card. So you have to evaluate them the same way you'd evaluate the mid-card singles guys who don't get in uh, because, you know, they weren't on top. And, like, the st- we um, think of uh, the 80s and early 90s when there were a lot of tag teams. And uh, because tag team wrestling was prominent and there were a lot of teams, you figure they should be uh, equally represented in the hall. But um, really, the Steiners, aside from uh, the international work, are closer to um, like a better working Dudley boys than than they are the Road Warriors. And the Dudleys would have no shot. Um, They were both um, always there and always pushed and sometimes close to the top, but uh, still just a support act, so no. I think they had a couple, maybe Hall of Fame-worthy years, but they got pretty stinky by the end, and not enough to really put them in. Uh, an interesting case can be made, but yeah, I ultimately vote no on this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, up next we got the Rock and Roll Express, and I'm going to say right now, I would put them in. Yeah, um, re- taking everything I just said, the differences you can get in for great work and for being innovative and rock and rolls and midnights who I assume are next are mm-hmm. special cases because they uh, actually were really really good and um, still imitated and um, defining acts so whereas Steiners were just really good workers for some time who were always around uh, midnights and rock and rolls were genuinely they elite uh, talents, and um, so that's the difference between them. And so, yes, I would vote for them, and then, spoilers, I would also vote for the Midnights. I actually didn't have room for the Midnights on my ballot. There were other people I wanted to put in more, but I think they'll be in at some point. I mean, the Rock and Roll Express, you can say they actually did draw money with the Midnights in, uh, I think, Bill Watts' UWF. They, they weren't obviously went the first pretty boy tag team, but they may have done it better than anyone, and... As far as work goes, I mean, people—I mean, they make people make students watch tapes of this stuff before they get into re- in training classes. So, I think I think I'm pretty safe bet putting them in, and uh, I don't know, maybe they'll make it in this year. I like their chances this year, um, where there's uh, really no uh, really huge candidates looming, which will um, kind of make people who feel like they have to or should vote for somebody be uh, more likely to give them uh, the uh, high sign than they would in previous years when there were a lot of other people taking up their ballot. So, uh, really, I think um, Midnight's or Rock and Roll's, maybe both, and Eddie are the ones who I would uh, predict are going to go in this year, but remains to be seen. Yeah, both got pretty good support last year. Again, not a lot of slam dunk ballots, I mean, uh, candidates, so... May look good for both this year. We'll see. Yeah, I think that's what happened last year. Is aside from Hunter, there were no super candidates, so that led to people saying, you know, oh, why not the Freebirds? Why not Paul yeah. Heyman? So, all right. Well, Cubs fan's still there. We'll talk some lucha if he's uh, all done eating. Yeah, you know, I, I I'd like to say I basically agree with the tag team stuff too because if they're in the, if they define the, the style. And the style's named after him. They probably should be in the Hall of Fame. That's <laughs> yeah, a good, good rule of thumb. Yeah. All right, on to Lucha. I did a little math today. Out of uh, 
singles wrestlers, I counted 17 people who made their name in Mexico out of 129. And since uh, 1996, only six have been inducted. Uh, why do you think so little Lucha people? It's because it's kind of its own little world down there. There are not a lot of singles guys on top. They tend to be more of the mix, it, like uh, Treyos matches and whatnot. I think also, you know, the footage and information about um, older Mexican wrestlers isn't as available as you're going to get in Japan or U.S., where lots more stuff was recorded off TV. There were TV shows in Mexico, but no one kept them, or no one knows of anyone who kept them. And I think it's just not... People don't have the same respect for um, a lot of Lucha Libre as they do for for Japan or U.S. right now, I think. All right, well, we have a couple names on the ballot this year. We have Dr. Wagner Sr., who came pretty close last year. You know, from what I know about him, he was one. He was in the period with um, Andre Blanco. Andre Blanco, who he those two were the two hottest tag team heels. They were they were the top tag team heels, and they were going against top um, faces like Santo and Rio de Jolasco. And then they got bigger when they had Solitario. So everything I read about him was that he was a top guy as Rudo for an extended period of time and that he drew money. So he seems like a guy who should be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I only, the thing is, I don't even know the argument against him, which makes me think I'm missing something. But from what I know, he's a guy who obviously belongs in. He made my bell, too. Obviously, a, a bit before my time. But from what I've read on Lucha Wiki, what I remember is Observer, Obituary, um, just seems a guy that belongs in. And he did yeah. make my final ten. Uh, we have interesting Blue Panther here, and I'll I'll tell you right now. Then this may be more playing favorites, but I was always a big Blue Panther fan, and uh, he made my ballot. You know, I would vote for him too, but I don't think he has a chance this year. And it's going to take a big moment for everyone to um, say, okay, to evaluate Panther and say, this is this is the last big peak of his career. What do we think about his career? He's going to have to have one big feud or had some six-month build to losing his mass. Something's going to happen where they have to think, rethink about Pamper for whenever they get in. I would put him in because he's just that great of a worker. He was he hasn't had the run on top, That's and that's going to be the big detraction against him ever. But I think his skills as a Matt wrestler, even at this age, he's probably like one of, he's one of the best still in Mexico. So yeah. I think that's got to get him in there. I just don't think he will that easily in this soon. Yeah. Uh, we have Viano 3 on the ballot. Um, didn't put him in. He, I, he probably gets support because he had that big uh, when he lost his mask uh, his mask to Atlantis. And one match of the year for the Observer. I think the only Lucha match to have ever done so. Um, yeah, it didn't really seem a guy Hall of Fame, at least compared to the other two who I would put in the Hall of Fame. I think it, he's uh, one of those cases where if there was tons of UWA footage from when he was WWF light heavyweight champion and going back and forth with Benoit and other people, if that was something more circulating, maybe he'd have a better chance. But the way his career has just peered out after that mass match where he's still wrestling, but he's turned into a much lower-level star than he was when he was just after that match, 
he hasn't done enough to help him, and he was going to be a probably borderline candidate for a lot of people. So I would vote for other people ahead of him, but yeah. I would have no problem if he was in. And we have Paco Alonso. Is he the booker right now? He blank. Is, he is the in-name owner of CML Hall. Okay. But most, pe- most reports that say that he's not the guy doing the day-to-day booking, running out, keeping track of the details. He's not Vince McMahon. He's what Shane McMahon would be if he took over the company and just kind of kept it as is. Well, business goes up, business goes down, but he doesn't really make major changes. He's kind of holds the line. And that's just not strong enough to be a Hall of Fame guy as a promoter, I think. Okay. And last and maybe most interesting on the list, we have Conan who didn't get too much support last year. Um, obviously, his post-Mexico career isn't Hall of Fame worthy, but what about what he did in Mexico? I think because he was the top guy when Mexico was hot in the early 90s, um, I think he should be in. I mean, mm-hmm. even banned pretty much not pretty much blacklisted from Mexico for years, he still came back and was considered a top guy and a star and one of the bigger stars in Mexico the minute he got back in the AAA. I can see why people don't vote for him, and I'm sure that being in WCW and being a forgettable mid-carder is going to forever hurt him, but based on his Mexico um, success alone, I think he should be it. All right. Justin, you still there? Hi. Did you go to walk the dog? or? I, my sandwich, um, have you ever tried peanut butter... And then jelly. But the <laughs> I have tried that once or twice, I think. That, that is innovative and make you in the sandwich hall of fame. All right. I, you know. <laughs> but um, as far as why Mexico is underrepresented, um, I think it a lot of it has to do with them being way um, less uh, of a known thing they're a known commodity but not to the to the extent that uh u.s and japan are mm-hmm. so the way the voting works is because it's three regions i believe um and then you get in based on a percentage of votes in that region that's right so i think um mexico has way less voters than uh u.s and japan because less people are aware of them so you would think because anyone who is called a voter for Mexico would know a lot about them, and then a guy like Dr. Wagner, who seems obvious you guys should get in. But because I think the way Dave um, determines who is an expert on each region, all that amounts to is whether you voted for a wrestler from that region. So if, like, unless you're Santo and it's a no-brainer, I'm sorry, Santo, is that better? I have six years of Spanish education, but um, so unless you're a really obvious guy, it's harder to get in if you're the Mexico equivalent of, like, Bret Hart because there's a lot of guys in Mexico who worked in the U.S., so if if a U.S. voter uh, saw a name like, like La Parca on the ballot and voted for him but has no idea about Dr. Wagner, then they just added one vote to Mexico and made it harder for anyone who... It makes it um, a higher percentage needed for them to get in than it would if it was um, just pure Mexico voters uh, 
for casting the ballots, so it's kind of handicapped against them. Yeah, and I think that's going to it's going to help the Mexican candidates more because the guy like Ultimo Dragon is going to be considered uh, from Mexico since he did a lot of work down there is in, and it's going to help them more that Eddie Guerrero is go if Eddie Guerrero goes in and he's considered in Mexico, then that takes a lot. A lot of people are going to vote for Eddie Guerrero and probably not Dr. Wagner Sr. this year. And that's going to skew the percentages a little bit. So when there probably doesn't seem so many crossover guys coming up, coming eligible, and I think maybe that will in some way help the Mexican guys get in a little sooner. All right. Did anyone else do a final ballot, or was it just me? I um, didn't know. Okay. I actually do not have, I don't have a ballot, so I didn't actually do it. Well, these are my, my final ten that I, I picked. I had a Gorilla Monsoon on the list, Dr. Wagner Sr. I did end up putting Kensuke Sasaki on the list. I had the Rock and Roll Express, Blue Panther, Aja Kong, Hiroshi Hase, Eddie Guerrero, Masakatsu Funaki, and uh, we didn't talk about it, but I had Carlos Colon on the list. Not just because he's Carlito's dad, but um, for all his fine work in Puerto Rico. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, Too slow, Justin. Yeah, be um, quick on the draw. Right, right. Totally. To- I should have uh, learned that when studying the past Cub shows that he's always going to jump in with the modern WWE catchphrases. Um, the reason I didn't fill out a ballot is because, like I just said, I would firstly I would restrict myself just to the U.S. because I do not want to be the kind of guy who. Um, makes it harder for Dr. Wagner or Aja Kong or whoever to get in just because I'll see a name and be like, ooh, Kenta Kobashi, obviously I need to vote for him. Uh, And then because I have no idea about Aja Kong, uh, then she can't get in because all the uh, guys who know Kenta Kobashi vote for him. And casting a vote for him is like casting a vote against all the other people uh, in that region. But um, with the U.S., uh, for sure, I would vote for Eddie and uh, Rock and Roll and Midnight's, and I think that's actually it. But um, really, casting a vote for Eddie and uh, those two, if I don't vote for anybody else, is like casting a vote against um, Dick Murdoch or whoever, the Andersons or something like that. So I, I really don't... The uh, votership really shot up, I think, two years ago. So I wonder how many uh, people are in the same boat as me where, you know, we read The Observer and we think we're really smart, but because of the way uh, that the voting is set up, it's kind of um, making it harder for old candidates to get in and probably infuriating people like Steve Yohe and John D. Williams if they still care. So Maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, let's yep. talk about some... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm kind of similar, but even worse, where even if I was given the opportunity to have a ballot, I would be feel qualified to vote on these guys because I would you know, having so many people vote, you're getting a lot of people who go off maybe like feelings they have for the people, but they aren't sitting down evaluating cases. I'm not sure the way it's done currently, you have the best informed electorate because most of the information about why people are voted and doesn't really discuss their observer until after the fact. Mm-hmm. In the last three years, 
you when uh, the votership changed, I don't know to what extent because for obvious reasons it can't be public. But uh, for it, at first it was really hard for a guy like Shawn Michaels even to get in, and uh, I, he was I guess. I would have voted for him even back then, not to start the ridiculous Shawn Michaels thing, which is so three years ago, but um, the WWE run that he's had after the comeback has retroactively like made him a slam dunk. But um, mm-hmm. So at first it was even hard for Shawn Michaels to get in, but uh, then uh, it changed, and Shawn Michaels, Benoit... Um, Undertaker, all those borderline guys who there'd be a lot of debate about, got in right away with no problem. So I don't know. That probably says something about uh, how the voting changed and that it's going to make it uh, harder for the Dick Murdoch, Bill Miller types to uh, have a chance to get in unless they're put in by the special recognition Dave committee after they fall off the ballot. Let's talk about some recent people. When Kurt Angle, he was voted in 2004 after a, a five-year pro career. Did you, did you think that was just too soon, or do you think he was qualified at that point? Yeah, Kurt getting in sort of killed the concept of the Hall of Fame for me. Like, not killed it dead, but kind of took the, the shine off of it, because um, it just felt way too soon. Like mm. Shawn Michaels, I think. Kurt has retroactively made himself definitely worthy with the two years he's had after that, even with all the injuries, just because he's been so great. But uh, in 2004, it was, yeah, 2004, uh, that was a kind of a, a questionable one for me. And I, I'm not trying to turn it into Kurt Angle rules versus Kurt Angle sucks, because uh, like I, that wasn't the, the crux of uh, the Kurt Angle debate. You know, actually... I would defend the Kurt Angle pick because I know in Pro Golf Hall of Fame, they have it where if you're this old and you've won this many events, you're automatically in. And I think Angle had reached the same point where he had done so much that he was going to have to fall apart the next few years, just to fall apart even more than his body actually has, not to be, not to be a Hall of Fame guy. It may have been too soon, but he was going to get in soon anyway, so the year it happens really irrelevant once he's in. I think that, I think it's, you have to be in 15 years or when you turn 35, you become eligible. I mm-hmm. think the 35 is is uh, too young. I think it should be at least 40. It should be it, a, at least Yeah, for guys 40. who get in later, it's a better way to evaluate their, their work, and I mean, five years isn't going to, I mean, if you belong in, you'll belong in, whether it's, you know, five years later or not. I think the um, years... 15, maybe 10, needs to be mandatory, too, because Kurt being up for consideration after, I think, four, five years as just an active performer was just so weird to be talking about mm-hmm. him and on that. If Kurt was on the ballot now, I think I would vote for him without hardly thinking about it. But uh, after four years, I think Dave did change that rule, actually, to where you have to actually be working uh, for so many years, even if you turn 35, which... Uh, should uh, increase DDP's chances hypothetically or something like that. But, yeah, um, to 1%. Yeah. You know, I think the, the point of these rules is so you have some perspective about the guy's career before you start voting for him. And I think what I think if, you, if you're if you voting for a guy like Kurt Angle in the middle of his career, 
if you're missing that the perspective of what his long-term impact is going to be. So I think moving back, moving back to 40 would probably be a great move just so everyone's done most of the career. They still may have some left, but you'll have some idea of how the whole, most of the career has panned out by that point. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people took his um, his gold medal into consideration, which, I mean, you can debate whether those outside, you know, Jesse Ventura, who we didn't talk about, you know, should his being governor affect his overall Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame candidacy. The same with Kurt and his, his gold medal, which I'm sure, you know, he's a gold medal who became, you know, a really great pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. So what about um, Paul Heyman got in last year? What did you think about that? Paul Heyman is a Hall of Fame like manipulator type politician guy has etched his case in with this last year. Um, mm. and I he's one of those where I wouldn't have voted for him, but was fine when it happened. Uh, maybe in part just because I know that it made the the John D. Williams type head explode, <laughs> and I shouldn't put that much stock into it. But they were just so prominent. As it relates to the Hall of Fame, but um, I bet they put that picture of uh, Paul Heyman with oh, his angry face absolutely. and said, "Oh, hey, I'm in the Hall of Fame. Suck it, JDW. <laughs> or I bribed oh, okay. Dave this time, or something like that." Yes. Um, what is Paul talking? Paul had the catchphrase. Uh, it's like from. Uh, it doesn't matter. Conan. Something. Uh, I'm, I'm not nearly up in my. Own. My mythology here, as you guys seem to be. Mm-hmm. If I could phone a friend, I know exactly who would tell me, but unfortunately I can't. But oh well. Yeah. Good jokes. I hope everybody gets them because uh, those guys are some kind of guys. But um, mm. Paul um, really doesn't have a lot in his portfolio as far as actually achieving things as a promoter. But in terms of influence, I could probably justify it. I'm happy to have him in just so I don't have to hear about the debate about having him in or not. <laughs> uh, up next, we had Triple H getting in, which um, I just found interesting. So I think Triple H's biggest impact in the business is going to be in the coming years when he takes over World Wrestling Entertainment. And what if he drives it into the ground, the biggest wrestling company ever? I mean, I, there are other people in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Bill Watts is there, and he, and Fritz von Erich, and a lot of guys who promoted and ended up going under, but. I, I just I just thought it was interesting. He he kind I was surprised he kind of got in when he did. I figured it'd be a few years, but yeah, I think it was a somewhat of a surprise that he got in when he did. And you would like to hold it against him that all of the um, positives he has them for close to the same reason that Jericho is so lacking. Like if Chris Jericho was uh, given one or two of all the token Triple H runs instead of Triple H, then all of a sudden you might be talking about Chris Jericho uh, a lot more than you would be. Or or say, you know, instead of giving JBL his big run in 2004, they gave it to Jericho, then you'd be talking about Chris Jericho. But um, Triple H has been given lots of opportunities to uh, be a really big star and has in turn been a big star with those opportunities. So when you start to add up not just what he did in the boom period when you can say he may have been leeching off of Austin and Rock, but then when you start to add things up like um, the WrestleMania with Batista that did the huge number, which was helped by all the international but was still a whole lot of money, 
then uh, he, like like Kurt, uh, has retroactively made himself a uh, qualified candidate. Yeah, it, it's kind of the same thing because he's obviously, he, he has to be in because he was a top guy during the hot period, and it's also the same thing where I'm happy he's in, so I don't want to hear about him not being in or if he should be in. Mm-hmm. He, he, he wasn't ever going to be. Hey, everyone's still there. What has happened? I feel like uh, it's an Observer Live moment. Where oh, my uh, screensaver. I had not moved the mouse in enough time, and oh, the screensaver okay. came on. Screwed everything to hell, but uh, please continue. <laughs> yeah, um, Triple H is in. That's good. Okay. I'm to you, Justin. And I will say it's nice and uh, it eases my conscience a little bit that he has gotten better as a worker than he was during the plotting 2002 Triple H period because then the fact that he's had not the great matches that he was having in 2000 but still some very good matches uh, helps him out too, like the match he had with John Cena. Mm. Uh, at Mania, that was a lot better than you'd have thought, and uh, the Hell in a Cell with Batista and examples like that. Sure. Uh, Undertaker was voted in. I guess uh, I, I wasn't really sure about that, but when I read Dave's description, how he's been pretty much a top guy for whatever it was, 13, 14 years at the time, seemed a pretty slim dunk case. Mm-hmm. Anyone have any problems with uh, Taker being in? Yeah, I think... Not he, oh. You go ahead. Okay. You have a problem. <laughs> I think you made the Sting comparison, and um, people will make that analogy where he was there, but um, not the number one guy as you assume he was, um, and didn't draw as much as you would think to credit him with, but I think he actually does have um, more in his favor than Sting does, where he was never the anchor, but he contributed to a lot of things more than Sting did, like Sting contributed to the Hogan deal in 97, contributing is an understatement, but that's really the only thing like that, whereas Taker has a a number of those, and the fact that they always go to him when they need a new challenger for the current guy they're pushing uh, adds up to where even if he's not doing knock-em-dead numbers on pay-per-view, he's still accumulating, you know, decent stuff. So yeah, between that and the uh, some really good things like the SummerSlam uh, '98 match with Austin, he has a, a better case than Sting. Yeah, he stalled all of what I was going to say, so just kind of pretend I said it. He okay. he he was more on top than um, Sting was, and he was built around more than Sting was. So he's a definitely better candidate than Sting is. Stole what you said. That's cool. <laughs> that's that's a great callback. <laughs> I couldn't think of another catchphrase he could have used. Maybe Great Kali. Well, the show rewards multiple listens, so there's layers <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, that's very yeah. true. All right, let's talk some future inductees. Uh, the Rock's eligible next year, and he's obviously getting in. There's, there's no reason to vote against him. Well, no good reason. I guess if he didn't like Walking Tall, you could vote against mm-hmm. him. That's not a good reason. But, I mean, when you headline, I think at one point he had headlined the four biggest events in wrestling history. One of the best talkers ever, a very good ambassador for wrestling, put a billion guys over, and if he wasn't excellent, he was a very good worker. So I'll ask this. Do you think he gets in unanimously, or do you think some old guy's going to be like, no, I'm going to vote for uh, 
Farmer Burns instead, even though he's already in. Very bitter people will not vote for him to make a point about something or other, but he will not be the unanimous for sure. Yeah, you um, essentially laid out what I was going to say, which is the only question is whether he matches um, Kenna Kobashi's 98% or whether there's mitigating things that would, for some dumb reason, keep him from doing that. Yeah. Uh, I think Kobashi's record is probably safe. People may think, well, he didn't wrestle long enough or he left the business or some nonsense, but he will definitely be in. Definite slam dunk pick. And uh, we have Rey Mysterio is up for election next year. I think he should get in, but I think he might take a couple years since people will point to, like, even this last title run where he was a top guy, but things have been magically turned around, so he shouldn't be in. But because of his style and um, his influence on other guys, he definitely should be in and probably will be in within a couple of years. Mm-hmm. I agree with all that. I really hope he gets in. I can see the uh, propped-up arguments as to why he shouldn't. But, um, you know, everything Cub said, the years as a great worker, and then kind of reinventing himself as just a guy who, who sells and doesn't do all the spectacular moves and still has really good matches. So that... He's been very good for a very long time, uh, and that would be enough to get him in, even if you don't take into consideration uh, groundbreaking as far as um, someone that size, not just in the United States, but in WWE. And even uh, if that's not enough, he actually did turn into a a bonafide uh, something of a a draw last year with the Eddie program and this year as a... uh, a um, house show draw uh, for the Hispanic markets. Yeah, I agree. When you factor in the the wrestling ability, the longevity, uh, all the doors he broke down, and the fact that he did get run on top, uh, he gets in, but I agree it may not be next year. It may take a few years, but he will get in. You know, if he lost WWE tomorrow and head to Mexico for a full year, he'd be like the top or with Santo as the top drawing all of Mexico. It, if anything doesn't get him in, it'll be how WWE uses him in the next year. And I think they'll use him fine, but I think he he's a bigger star than you get a handle of him watching on a SmackDown every week. Mm. They're probably going to handle him fine now that he's no longer the champ. They'll probably protect him. But yeah. Go figure. I hope as soon as he gets out of this garbage with uh, Chavo and Vicky Guerrero. Um, then he can just go yeah. back to doing, you know, stuff that doesn't matter with Ken Kennedy or whoever. <laughs> yeah. What about, um, a couple names not on the ballot yet, but what about what about a John Cena who obviously has a lot of time left, but he's a top guy right now. He is a draw on the wrestling side. Well, maybe a little iffy, but do you think we could see a John Cena in the Hall of Fame someday? Yeah, I was going to say if you wanted us to think about and obviously a lot can change, and it's, there's no real way to predict what's going to happen. But as far as uh, um, star power goes, he's off to a, a really good start. He would have to, to keep that up for a long time, uh, especially to um, uh, assuage the people who are going to hold it against him. that He can't really work, although um, he's not as bad as most people say. Um, I'd say he's... Uh, if they are behind him as much as they seem to be, and they continue to be behind him, then he has a uh, a decent shot. Like, he can turn 
and maybe if they do a good job of building that, that can be big. And then after he turns back, he could uh, actually be even bigger as a face. But um, I mean, after two years, Brock Lesnar was as good as anybody's two years uh, that ever were. Um, but you know, as it turns out, he's not gonna uh, continue to add to that. So hard to say. I, I think Brock it, goes. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I think it's just too soon to know. It it, it depends on how life goes on once he's no longer a champ. Assuming someday they don't put him in a top program, and if he, it's not the measure of his first towering as much as if they consider him good enough to give him another long towering some down sometime down the road, and we don't know that yet. And what about uh, what about Edge, who's been uh, eight years, I think, with the WWE, has had uh, a run on, actually is having two, uh, another run on top now. Seems to be doing solidly. Obviously, a lot can change, but do you think he could be a future candidate? I think he's going to be the same spot where Chris Jericho is now, where he's got some people say he's good, but they don't say he's good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be an upper mid guy, but. They haven't really got behind him as a champion. They've downplayed him to DX or McMahon's or other stuff going on, and I don't think they. Have, I don't think the WWE has the belief that he's a Hall of Fame level guy, which is going to make it tough for him to achieve that level. Yeah, I agree with all that. He's had um, a very good career so far, but uh, it wasn't until just this year when he broke through, and. Um, even to the extent that he broke through, he hasn't completely uh, broken through to the top. So he's going to have to continue to like fight for the chances to, to stay uh, there, and they'll give it to him every so often. So if he can put enough of range like this one together, he could um, get in by virtue of that. But uh, he's in, the, like uh, Cub said, same position as Jericho, where it'll have to break right for him, even if it's not his fault. Uh, any other names I think we've missed anywhere? That we... You know, I, I'd like to see, I don't know if he'll get in, but I'd like to see Atlantis back on the ballot. He, just because last year he's been a big center of the female promotion with his heel turn and his feud with Mystico and all that. But I think he at least deserves another consideration. I don't think he'll get in until he has, like Blue Panther, he won't get in until he has the big push for a mass match and he loses a mass in a remarkable way, which will make people rethink him. But I think he deserves to be considered at least as much as a Booker T at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking at guys who got in the same way Benoit did, which was by being great uh, in ring without um, ever being a major star, uh, if Samoa Joe has had, you know, ten Dave Meltzer five-star matches in the last three months or whatever it is, then he's certainly doing well for himself. Um, He would just have to continue to be at this high level for a long time. And, uh, you know, remains to be seen what his TNA run will amount to as far as um, drawing and whatnot. I think if TNA stays at the level they're at now, it's not going to be enough for him. But if TNA can grow and if he's a part of that growth... Maybe, you know, God knows when he's eligible, but maybe you can make a case at some point for him, but mm-hmm. and we'll it, see. Brian Danielson has 
even less, in fact, next to nothing to, to speak of as far as star power. But if you consider that he's been really good for a long time and will probably continue to be great for a long time, then if he's, you know, one of the best workers in the world for 15, 20 years or something like that, then you have to consider him. And you, you never know, you know, whether he ultimately goes to TNA or WWF goes crazy and brings in those kind of guys the same way they brought in Benoit and Eddie, even though you wouldn't have expected mm-hmm. them to. So, who knows? But I, I think he's got a chance, but he's going to have to main event in a higher-profile promotion or ROH at some point. He's going to have to go at WWE, or he's going to have to find a Japan promotion that's doing good and, and be a big part of that, or he's going to have to go to Mexico. He's got... He's not going to improve the, the respect people have for his work. He'll get some more respect for doing it over a longer period of time, but he's got to improve his disability and his star power to if he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. I, I agree. I mean, God bless ROH, but you ain't getting in the Hall of Fame if you stay there. And I don't, I'm not really sure where else he could go. I mean, Japan's the, the shits right now. And TNA, I mean, I don't know if he's really a good fit or they'd know what to do with him, so... The hell of a talented guy, but uh, probably not the Hall of Fame. Yeah, because as it stands right now, he couldn't even go to WWE and be a Brian Kendrick-like guy because he's not one of those high-flying explosive types, which is the only way you can get the slightest bit of a push as, you know, one of those. All right, uh, any more Hall of Fame talk? I think we've quite exhausted the subject, but... I am thrilled. The only thing I can... Getting back to Danielson for just one second. The only thing I can think of is that in about maybe 15 years when we're at the end of his career, we start to look at what's a Hall of Famer differently because there aren't the opportunities out there to be a top guy in a money-drawing position as there were 15 years ago. And maybe our criteria changes and he has a chance. But if everything stays the same, he doesn't have a chance. That's a really good point because like in WWE right now, because there's two, ostensibly two different companies, then that means twice as many people get a chance to headline to an extent, which means it's easier for them to decide to give a, a run to um, Benoit or Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio or Booker T or whoever. Wouldn't get a shot if it was only one world title, um, and that title would be held by Triple H or John Cena, but... Uh, because WWE is also the only place where you can go if they decide that Jericho, who I keep coming back to, or Edge, you know, is not going to get those runs, then there's they can't just jump to WCW and uh, have uh, an equal shot at it. So hmm. could, you can't you can't step up from one place to another like you could previously. You can from where Danielson is now. If he came into WWE, he'd be he'd be lucky to be on velocity, which is sad because there's no velocity. But maybe 10 years ago, he could have he could have got brought in on that level in WCW, moved in there, and jumped as a bigger sir like Jericho did. But now, everyone starts on the bottom. There's no way to get on the middle floor, and that takes a lot of time and a lot of promotional support to move up in the company. So it's just a different environment. Exactly. So if the the Jericho just underneath support role who gets a few chances but not really becomes the equivalent of someone who had 
a decent sized run in one of a handful of promotions, then you have to reevaluate. Uh, and then all of a sudden Jericho gets in, and that changes the bar for all the other guys from this era. It is a much different business than it was when the uh, whole thing was started uh, 10 years ago. So we'll see what form it takes and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I guess that's it, unless anyone else has anything else. I love that we went uh, just over the 80-minute mark, so no one will burn this to a CD. <laughs> They'll have to split it up or, or edit out the uh, boring parts. The observer live adjusted. moment. Oh, you'll take care you of know, that and this. If you... If you're burning stuff to CD, you need to stop spending money on CDs and buy an iPod already. Hmm. That may save you a little bit of effort. But don't take it on a flight. No, apparently not. Very topical. Why are they so small? (laughs) Uh, Well, before we... We are almost about to break the record, I think, for the longest show if we babble on for a few more minutes, but maybe we'll... uh, We won't subject our listeners to that, so... Does anyone have anything they need to plug? May I ask, is the new format of the show going to be... Because I know Joe is undefeated against the world in the first dozen weeks, so now mm-hmm. with no more challengers, is it like... Uh, is it Mortal Kombat, where then they make you fight the same people <laughs> two, two at a time? No, it's like a handicap situation. He was just it do- he's a big show, he was dominating people alone, so now they're bringing him against two people. Soon they're going to move up to three... So you can get three chokes at the same time somehow. Use a foot or something. It's like Goldberg's sure. streak. So, yeah. although if it if it's less Goldberg and more Mortal Kombat, then after the handicap matches, you are going to have to mirror match. So look out, Joe Uh-oh. versus Joe. Oh, first I'll rip Justin's arms off and beat him over the head with them. So. Mm-hmm. Or I'll turn him into an animal, one of the two. If this was one of those wacky radio shows, then I would shout, Goro, 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 like Paul Heyman called Rhino's finisher. But I'm not Uh going to do that. Wow. All right. Uh, Justin, you still write for WrestlingObserver.com, or is that just a a thing of the past, sadly? Um, In theory, I kind of fill in whenever they ask me to, but can't subject myself to the... uh, permanent weekly uh, deal. Uh, I cannot justify it any longer. Uh, but, you know, every once in a while... Uh, go ahead. Every once in a while, I will show up and maybe give them a flash of whatever that was. All right. Cubs fan, but you he, obviously have uh, the CubsFan.com. But... He needs to plug his MySpace, because it's the only redeeming thing on MySpace. Let's see. I could do that. Yeah, I do have a MySpace. It's at myspace.com slash J.M. Shapiro, which is my first initial, and then my middle initial, and then my last name with an I replaced with a Y. And uh, I kind of use the blog for stupid results, and uh, aren't wrestling related, though, because all those wrestling jokes just do not have those connotations. And uh, if you go there, I would ask that you not uh, ogle the pictures of my 15-year-old cousin because <laughs> she's 15 years old, and I can't get her to put any more clothes on in those pictures. But I'll tell you what, uh, I, that's all I'd ask. But, yeah, I'll plug her on the Internet three years ahead of schedule. So there you go. I can't follow that. How about you, Cubs? No, I'm done. All right. Oh, I you, everyone go to the CubsFan.com, of course, which yeah. is a it's, wonderful site. 
you're there already, hopefully, if you're listening to this. Maybe. Maybe. This gets spread around a lot, so. The uh, the Tom Feely ECW recap for One Night Only was awesome. Yeah. It it didn't recap the, oh, actually, that was One Night Stand, but. Yeah. It was quite the one-time-only performance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, I think I've run off everyone but Joe from running on the site now, but. If you're going to come back for one time, that's the way to come back for one time. Well, just not a lot to talk about these days, I guess. Unless yeah. you're on a show about the Hall of Fame. but Yeah, and then you find 90 minutes to talk about. Yeah, then you get 90 minutes worth. But it was a, a wonderful, wonderful show. Uh, flew, 90 minutes flew by, I cannot believe it. But we will uh, definitely have both of you on again at some point, either together or separately. We I shall see. It. But Any uh, final words from either of you? No, I yep. love this show, and I love the both of you. So, oh, that's very heartwarming. Well, it was like, always... I would not put you in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. <laughs> really, this was like Make a Wish Foundation, where it's always been my dream to um, reenact a PW Torch audio roundtable. <laughs> so, thank you for that. <laughs> You're not dying, are you? No, I just have to oh, okay. see after 90 minutes. So. That would have been a downer ending to the show. But as always, we have a full archive of shows at thecubsfan.com uh, with the with uh, prior appearances from both uh, the Cubs fan and Justin. So plenty of good listening there for you. As always, tell your friends if you like what you hear or even if you don't. And, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Anyone have anything final to say? Absolutely. No? Okay, great. Nope. All right, well, thanks, everyone, for listening. I'll be back at some point with someone for some show, and I'll talk to you soon.